All right, Keith McQueen, Roger Hurd, what is going down? All right, guys, here we are. Welcome to the Gospel of Two Wheels, where the coffee's hot, the bikes are fast, and your comments are absolutely ridiculous. We are here with the one and only Chris Vestal of Moto Minded, uh, originally based out of Colorado Springs, right? Correct. And now on the right side of the hill, over in Grand Junction, I guess it's the left side, if you anyway, uh, <laughs> the, the, it's right and left at the same time. That's an interesting one. <laughs> I heard, I heard a new saying, West Slope, Best Slope. I love yes, it. Yes, <laughs> it is the best slope. Uh, and uh, he has moved moto-minded all told, right? You're gone from the front range, right? No more. Right. Nice. And uh, so, Chris, give us a quick rundown on who you are, what you do, any kind of information you want to let people know. Yeah, I own a small company, Moto-Minded. Uh, we design, manufacture, and sell dirt bike accessories. Uh, we're probably best known for our LED kits, um, and uh, we're still continuing with that. We, we, I guess the elevator pitch is we allow you to take cool stuff and mount it on your bike. So, you know, first and foremost, we're, we create mounts, and we create a lot of them. And uh, whether they be LEDs or GPSs or waterproof switches, you know, that's, that's what we're doing lately, yeah. Nice. And how did you get into that? Like, what was, what's your background before this? Cause Motomind is a relatively young company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always been in some kind of 3d design. So, uh, out of college, I just wanted to design cars in some way. I was a big general motors fan and, and I just wanted to design cars. I was in Northwest Indiana. So, you know, not far from Michigan, not far from Detroit and also not far from central Indiana where a lot of, uh, manufacturing is going on for General Motors. So I ended up down there working for GM in lighting design and uh, uh, working on, you know, I ended up being an expert on DOT standards, which is not fun, just living <laughs> in a three ring binder all day and uh, realized that the corporate world was not for me and uh, took those 3D drawing skills I had. We're talking, um, I'm old, early 90s I was doing this and um, moved it into, uh, I worked for an engineering company in the steel mills for a little bit and then went off on my own to start a computer animation company. And that, uh, and, and made, you know, it's first architectural renderings and the renderings and then uh, went into like biomedical animations. Um, still, still 3d drawing every you know drawing in 3d was still the core of what i was doing this whole time whether it's make pretty pictures or and now make <coughs> um you know fast forward decades later i find myself in colorado um met a met one of my best friends ned cease and he uh we ended up meeting uh at a adventure rider event uh became shop neighbors because i was looking for a shop in Colorado Springs. And a couple of years later, after hanging out with him, uh, he decided I want to race the car and uh, wanted me to build the bike. Um, I had at the time I'd been he'd been getting it me into road books and all that fun stuff. And I'd been making my own mounts for that. And I had made my first that year. Uh, I'd made my first uh, like frame mounted deal because just progresses that way. If you get into road book stuff, usually start with something mounted on the bars. And then as you get better and your speed increases, you don't want that cantilevered weight on your bar. So 
once you get like beginner mode, then you start going to a frame mounted version, whether you get a dedicated bike or a bolt on thing, you know, it's still bolt on thing is the most practical way to go. And I made, uh, we made a kit, uh, for him. He was in 2012. He was the only American to finish the car on a bike, nice. which is pretty cool. And on a bike that I helped build, which is pretty awesome. So segue to that, um, I be, I made a, uh, uh, I started selling those kits. So it was a bolt-on kit onto the 2012 generation bikes. He was still racing carbed. Yeah, he was still racing a carb bike. So it was actually on 2011. This was right before the 2012 came out. So he was racing carb bikes, but the frame was the same when it came over. So I talked to a buddy of mine who was making the fiberglass part of it. Scott Ganshert, hello, if you're still, if you're out here watching this. Um, and we said, hey, you want to continue to sell these? This is pretty cool. This is, let's move this momentum. And I made a company, moto-related company, called Rally Moto Kit. So I still sell that kit today. You can get it on the website, but it's a product now. It wasn't the company. And I was still doing the animations nine to five and the rally stuff on nights and weekends. And it just burned up. It burned me out. And I was like, this is not the way to do it. So shut it down, got away from that for a little while. A year later, now we're talking 2013, 14, I started Moto Minded on the idea of a, what I call the pillbox. And it was, um, uh, I raced the Mexican 1000 the first year uh, that they allowed modern bikes. And Scott Whitney, who's the guy to write road books, he wrote, a, wrote authored the road book. Um, and I raced it. And that, I was on a 2012, the first fuel injected bikes, and we all knew the issues. They were for the first few months, the fuel injector was the filter. It was the smallest, so it was clogging all the time. And then they fixed the filter issue and then the random failures. So I carried in my jacket, I carried a fuel injector, those little O-rings and all that stuff, and had an idea by the time I got done with that project and that race, how to take that and put it in a container under the seat on the bikes and then you had that stuff there ready to service or just swap it because at the time and still is it's faster and easier to swap out that injector than service it sure. when you're out in the middle of nowhere so um i started that i started moto minded to sell that product and then got into the led kits and then here we are today with i mean we're close to 40 different products we just started a switch line that's growing crazy we're going to start adding japanese bikes for the bomber bar switches and yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's been fun. Yeah. That's awesome. And your your manufacturing, I'm, I think, is all 3D printed in-house, right? I know that some of your parts, like the bomber switches are aluminum, right? They're machined aluminum. <clears throat> yeah. But is what you build at that shop you're sitting in all 3D printed, or do you have machines too? So manufacturing in Grand Junction is 3D printing. And then also we also have a laser cutter engraver. So we're also cutting sheet plastic with that and okay. engraving it. Um, so those are the two there. And yeah, and I outsource the billet and it's currently BRP. So okay. we send we send him our files. Right. He tweaks them to how he can manufacture them and, and makes our designs. Cool, right. So keeping it local as possible. I mean, that's one of the big things I always wanted with Moto Minded and we still do today is, um, you know, keep everything local as possible. So, um, so anodizing as close as I can, uh, BRP billet, you know, that's not far away. It used to be a mile and a half away. Now we're, <laughs> now we're five hours away, but still close, a little bit of shipping <laughs> charges. 
Yeah, it's still um, way close. <laughs> yeah. So we're shopping like, you know, uh, our packaging, all that stuff, Grand Junction, you know, just try to keep everything local as possible. If I have to make a product overseas, I won't make it. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to do that with the company. So well, that's yeah, awesome. it's been interesting. Yeah. It's super cool. And it's funny you mentioned that. I just a quick uh, note to the whole lo keeping things local and keeping control, right? I think not yeah. only is it cool to keep things local, keep the money in the community, the local community. And I would even say, I mean, honestly, the United States is a local community at this point. <laughs> um, just trying to keep the money in our borders is a huge deal. Um, but keeping control is a big one. Um, I actually just got this, um, I'm dealing with these moose balls. I don't know if you've seen those from, yeah, yeah, which is hilarious in so many ways, but, um, it's funny. I talked to the guy at Intech, James, uh, Richards is the guy who contacted me, sent me those things to test out and whatever. Anyway, um, the company, Mr. Wolf, who builds those things, they're Italian and they tried to go overseas to save money. Right. Cause I mean, that's the world, right? I mean, it's, you know, if you, if to raise the profit margin, you either have to raise your prices or cut costs. And that's the way it goes. Um, and they tried to go overseas with their those moose balls. And they, they actually make the mooses for uh, Pirelli also. They, they're the, they are the manufacturer in Italy. And they tried to do it overseas and they could not keep control over the quality. And they said, screw it and brought it back to Italy uh, which is not the United States, but there's no one in the United States actually making mooses because <laughs> probably because of EPA <laughs> regulations. Yeah, I can so, imagine. Yeah. The chemicals. But so I think that's super cool that not only are you keeping the money here, but you're also keeping really good tight control on the quality, um, which is why you guys' quality is so good. Um, uh, quick, let's jump. Thanks. I want to jump in and say, uh, hey to everybody. First of all, Keith McQueen says your life, your light saved my life at the Northeast 24 hour challenge. Uh, Bruce <laughs> Kennedy. What's up? Um, Chris Burns. What's up? Terry Hillen. What's up? Ben Meir, uh, B I N M E R E also said me too. So you must have your lights too. Patrick Wakirka pickle. What's up? Um, Patrick. Keith, uh, Zach Farkash, Bryce Davis. What's happening? Uh, it's good to see you guys all here. Um, by the way, if you're watching this thing live or later uh, on YouTube, please ask questions. Uh, if you're watching live, you can ask Chris directly. Um, if he doesn't see it, I'll repeat it to him. So please ask questions uh, about anything moto-minded related or anything really. Um, so we have a couple things we want to talk about. First of all, uh, you joined us for the turkey burn. How yeah. was that? Did you have fun? And would you come back and ride with us again? Absolutely. I mean, it was... It hit all the check boxes, you know, we got out after gorging ourselves on a Thanksgiving day. The weather was great. Uh, the trails were awesome. I think uh, I loved Ewok. That was a cool little trail. I don't think I'm giving any away secrets. It was all, no, we rode no, everything legal that day. So yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, just so you know, Dry Creek is, I consider it kind of a sacrificial lamb. Like I tell everybody about it because I think it's one of those, first of all, it's, it's an open legal place. It's everybody's land, right? Like we're not, and, um, you got to tell people somewhere to ride, right? Like you can't keep everything yeah. freaking sacred. I, I get a little bit mm, about that. I mean, I understand some things need to be not blown up on the internet. Uh, dry Creek with that huge parking lot and all that infrastructure and all that is a place that it's fine for people to ride. 
And then on top of that, most people aren't going to ride there that often because it's rocky and everybody gets <laughs> scared. <laughs> so, so it's it's not bad. Um, and I actually, I didn't really get to ask you too much about your new bike. Chris has yep. a 23 450 XCFW, which is the unlocked, non-legal, technically closed course competition only 450 with lights. What do you think about that bike? I absolutely love it. And I jumped on it. it was, it's a little anomaly they came out with this year. Yeah. Uh, one of the KTM employees told me, like, this is probably the bike you're looking for because I had tried the 500 XCFW. That was my bike at the time, you know, I had at the time I bought this thing. And I went, you know, I got the Takamoto Co. ECU just trying to prevent flame outs. It had plenty of power. I just wanted to stop the flame outs. Because a bike like that, you know, if I'm on a single track, I'm just grunting that thing in low RPM. It's just, whoa, whoa, you know, it's going around the trails. And, um, it would flame out the worst opportunity when you really needed that, you know, that front tire to pop or lift or go down a drop or something. That's every time it flamed out. And it was frustrating and it was a lot of money, you know, just to uncork it and get that ECU in there. Um, I love the power band though. I love that motor, uh, the, you know, the almost endless torque. And so when this 450 came out, I was like, I think this is the one and, and it definitely is because I haven't touched that motor. I think I've gotten, since I've owned it, I've only had, I can think of two flame outs that I've had since I was in Rabbit Valley a couple weekends ago. And it, it did one on me there. Um, and I think one when we were riding, uh, but other than that, all the other times it's, it's fine. Yeah. You know, well, I and mean, you can't, I mean, yeah. you know, bikes are going to stall. It's not always the bike's fault. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, most of the time, yeah, I'm really lucky. I'm all that very limited in sometimes and probably was in a spot where I should have been downshifted. Sure. Yeah. Probably my fault, but, um, I love it. Uh, I love the motor. I haven't put a dime into that motor. Uh, I don't think I need to no. other maintenance and I swapped over the suspension. I didn't even get <coughs> in a suspension. I swapped over. I like, I love the air forks. I have Huffer at FSW go through them and, um, I happen to have a national rear shock. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that thing. I had, I borrowed from, again, my buddy, Ned, he let me borrow when I had that 500, he let me borrow a track shock. It was an older track shock yeah. on PDS. Yeah. So we're talking PDS bikes, Yeah. no linkage and famous for, you know, the third whoop, you don't know what's going to happen with yeah. PDS and that track shock just never did that. And just that wheel never left the ground unless I wanted to. And I love that shock and I knew someday I have to return it and I was sweating. And then, uh, uh, Warren at, uh, Enduro spec said, Hey, you should look at the track shocks. And I was shopping and, and found one came up used a buddy was selling. I jumped on it in a second and I absolutely love that thing. And Warren said, it's like the last, you correct me if I'm wrong, but he said, it's like, it could be the last shock you buy because he can make it into a linkage. You know, he could get all that stuff yeah. from his, the next tech who makes it. And, you can make it from PDS to linkage. You could go from KTM to Yamaha. You could just rebuild the thing yeah. and not have to start over or sell it. And I'm, I'm sold on that shock. I absolutely love it. It's very nice. close to the, you know, the, you know, what would be paired with cone valve, right? Right. Um, uh, great, great shock. Yeah. Uh, so I'm happy with it. I'm really happy with the bike overall. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I'm excited. They're making that. Hopefully they make a 500 like that and a 350 like that and everything like that. <laughs> make a version yeah. that's just open 
Uh, guys, Zach Farcash has asked, do you have anything light-wise for an old CRF 450? Uh, 2005. <laughs> 2005 is the key. I see his comment. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, long, what, almost 10 years before I started the company. Um, yeah. No, uh, we're probably not going backwards. We are going to do Honda. We are actively working on <clears throat> their RL um, masks. Um, we're actively working on that with Ruby Moto. Um, we might even do another Baja Designs version in there. They already have one uh, in the RLs, but yeah. um, we are going to do a Honda light kit. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Um, uh, real quick, I mentioned this before we started. I got to know, on the 3D printing, a yep. lot of us normal people that don't have a 3D printer or have dealt with like a little home version, right? Or one that was at a school or something like that. We, we know that like those things take forever, right? To print something. Yeah. I mean, and, and we all, I, I would imagine we all know that that's not a commercial grade machine, whatever. But for you guys making parts, um, trying to crank out lots of parts, you got, you said 40 different uh, products. You guys obviously want to have lots in stock if you can. What does it take? Let's just talk about the chassis for an Evo on a new KTM, like on my, well, it's over there anyway. Um, how long does it take from the time you hit the go button on the printer to you have a part to sell? What does that look like time-wise? Uh, that's on your that machine. Evo bracket, yeah, is right about an hour and 15 minutes. Okay, and that's fast. That's a lot faster than I thought. We're able to scale up. So we have 20 machines going three shifts a day. Okay. So right about before we started this video was about, you know, we started at six, so about five o'clock before we shut down, we we ran the overnight. So the <laughs> longest print, like our longest one is uh, the XL bracket, that big old boy. That bracket takes close to two hours. Um, so we run those overnight and then we'll run a morning. We'll take the parts off in the morning. We get in, we run a midday shift and then afternoon overnight. So um, they do take a while, but we could keep up with demand by just adding more machines. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So and when then you finishing doesn't take long either. Sorry. What, yeah. What does, so there's what some finishing. Take? It doesn't go straight from the machine to bolt right. on the bike or in the box out the door. Um, we do some finishing. You might have seen in yours. There's a little brass inserts, threaded yep. inserts. We want a yeah. really strong, you know, threaded bolt-in engagement. So we'll melt those in. Those take a few minutes. You know, we do them in batches. But sure. um, when I first started, it was kind of it was called just-in-time manufacturing. So if I got 10 orders that day, I tried to make 10 brackets that day. And gotcha. now that I have employees and team and, and you know, we had to <clears> keep up with more demand, we're doing in batches. So there'll be like a week of XL brackets. There'll be a week of, uh, you know, the Evo, stuff like that. And then we sit on low amounts of stock relatively to like a big giant manufacturer. You know, if you're a plastic injection molder, you're going to order 10,000 and fingers crossed right, you don't yeah. have to change your design ever yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, and that's that's one of the reasons why i don't think i could do this plastic injection molding at all because you know we know how often they change we just found a 20 20 tweak that we have to change our brackets mid mid production and we could do that yeah so right on yeah that's expanded. awesome that is super super cool uh let's see if there's any other questions here by the way rich pierce what's happening tony uh elijah what's happening again and zach yeah just uh if you want something um 
don't I, I'm with you. Don't get away from your carbureted bike, but maybe just yeah. go a little bit newer uh, if you want lights, <laughs> you know, or cool lights. Um, or I, so here's another thing. Uh, I, I would say it's really a very different setup than what Chris is doing. Um, guys in Havasu are making a light thing that's just like a mask, batteries, and lights. And you just put it on the front of the bike. You turn it on. It runs for however long it runs. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm guessing four or five hours, maybe, um, depending on whatever lights you're running. And then you charge it back up. So, like, that's actually not a bad option for an old bike like that, especially old YZs. Yeah. You yeah. can't put a stator in an old. They don't make stators for old YZs. Not the two-stroke, right. but like the four-stroke, the the '09, like '08 four-stroke. I mean, through lots of money and time, you can do that, but it's a nightmare. And if all you want to do is go ride at night a little bit, get something like that. <laughs> like, don't don't yeah. spend a fortune on your old bike. Yeah, circle back to Zach. Uh, actually, short answer: we have a universal kit with that same S1 Bob Designs LED that you have in your Evo kit. We have a universal kit. But we say it works on, like, I have one on my wife's little KLX 140, and it's carbureted, but it has an e-start. So there's just enough battery in that thing, and it only pulls 20 watts. That bike can handle it, no problem. I don't know if that 05 CRF is... No. Because it's R. No, there's no magic part. button. There's no nothing yeah. on that thing. <laughs> so, say so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Keith, Sorry, bud. Sorry, Zach. Yeah. Yeah, it's all um, right. Just... Or you could build your own, like buy, buy the universal thing uh, from yeah. Chris, and then go get a lipo battery from a RC battery. And you know, if you know anything about RC, you can do all kinds of funky things so that you know when it's drained too far. You get these little things that plug in line, and and you can get a lot of time out of a lipo battery, yeah. and that you just zip tie to the back of that mask and let it rip. You know, I mean, you can. Yeah, same thing goes. We sell, I mean, we sell the top end, you know, anti gravity jumpstart packs. Sure. And we yeah. use those as an alternative for people for the helmet light who want a battery backup. But you could go on Amazon and get a, you know, I mean, it's not going to have hardly any warranty except through Amazon, but you could get a similar jump pack for a third of the price. And it'll, yeah. it'll run that light for close to four hours, anywhere from like three to four hours. Yeah. And we're talking now a $100 battery you could get on Amazon. And again, yeah, it's rechargeable, lithium, lighter weight, fits in your backpack easy. You yeah. can mount it on the bike under the seat, probably on that CR, plenty of places to hide that on the bike. Or like you said, just uh, get a, doesn't even have to, it could be lead acid. Just don't let it get all the way down, but you, yeah. know, you could do a lead acid in there and, yeah. you know, really budget it. And you could probably get an easy three and a half hours out of that thing before it's dead, dead. Yeah. And like I've, cause I've got, you got well, I can't see them anyway. We have a pile of RC planes and you can those little lipo batteries you can get some wicked ones for that are not very expensive you got catch them on sale and you know i mean there's all sorts of options and they're crazy lightweight like that's the one thing about rc stuff if you go that route it's super lightweight so that they can fly around on airplanes <laughs> and so you can go to hobby king or whatever and make that work uh keith says i'm in the market for a new helmet light how does yours compare to other brands uh, there it's the best. Like Chris's mount for the torch light is hands down the best mount. I've used a lot of helmet lights, a lot. And, uh, everything from bicycle lights to 
uh, Knight Rider, like, like mo their bicycle, but moto, like made mounts to homemade crap, whatever. Um, I did a big long test on YouTube where I tested Desert Unlimited, um, Task, Chris, uh, Moto Minded, and uh, that little cheap one doesn't really fall in the same, anyway, whatever. That it's from, um, who makes that thing? Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's just, I'll say it, Oxbow. Oxbow. Well, yeah, so it's Oxbow, Oxbow slash Dango. It's, Dango, yeah. They get it from the same manufacturer. Right. I, I like the Dango just because you could chin mount that guy. Yeah. and it's, I think that was the one you tried. I'm not yeah, that's the one remember, I tried. Yep. GoPro yeah. mount, too. Convenient budget, go for it. But if you want something safer, 10 times brighter, probably, our, yeah. our kit. Well, and the the thing about the Oxbow again, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I, Chris, I don't feel like this is taking anything away from your gear. Um, the thing that I like about the Oxbow is that if it's it's a it's a brilliant thing for someone who doesn't want to spend much money, who wants to have mm -hmm. a little bit of insurance in their backpack, right? Yep. That's what that's for. What Chris builds is stuff for going fast at night. Like what he builds is not that insurance piece because you throw it in there because the day might get long and your bike doesn't have a light on it. It's for like, okay, I'm going racing at night in Mexico, or I'm going to go do a 24 hour race like Keith is saying, or I'm going to do this, or I like to ride fast at night. That's what Moto Minded builds. And it's the best. Like, I think I, even in my test, I, I, uh, I clipped a tree and it flips because it's magnetic guys. In case you don't know, it's magnetic, super strong magnet. I, I, I do this because I put all my helmet lights on my jaw. So um, yeah. uh, click, it goes on. I'm like, rah, 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 and I go through a tree, boom. It comes off, doesn't rip my head off my body. Like I've had GoPros that were, you know, like it doesn't try to remove me from the motorcycle. It does, the lights go out, which is pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a bike light too, so I was okay. But like the light does not go forward anymore. It's just, like I said, it's exciting, but er, breaks you know, reach down, find the wire, grab it. And it's like, it's back yeah, on the helmet. Close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a way to go. So like a hands down best helmet light there is. And again, I, I feel like I'm, I'm qualified to say that because I've used lots. I've raced in Mexico always at night. I've never been the guy to get to race during the day in Mexico. Well, I, <laughs> I, I soloed it and I got to race all day and all night and all day. So I've gotten plenty of daylight hours in Mexico too, but when I'm on a team, I'm always the night guy. Um, so I've spent a lot of time at night kind of going fast. So, um, yeah. I got Bryce Davis comment, Milwaukee yeah. 18 volt batteries. We are yeah. coming out with shoe adapters for our torch helmet LEDs to put on DeWalt and, and Milwaukee Ooh, batteries. Really? Oh, yeah. that's sick. Yeah. So that I'm always fighting, you know, that was always the big hang up and frustration is, you know, our light itself was affordable. It was the battery if you need the battery. And um, those, you know, those anti-gravity batteries, we tested them. You know, you get four and a quarter hours out of that XP-10. But now all these ubiquitous Milwaukee, you know, the tool batteries. I mean, you get a 12 amp hour from Milwaukee. It's a chunk. Yeah. But that thing, I, you know, I haven't tested it all the way out, but you should get over five hours or close to seven hours with that thing. And it's not a one to one on amp hours. So the the draw is one amp on that S1 LED, that small LED. They rate the batteries down to zero volts. 
So, tw- you know, whether it be 20 or 12, starting there, they rate that amp hour down to zero. <coughs> the light needs at least nine volts. So we we can't one-to-one estimate it. So it's like, you know, you could guess like 70 to 80% of that, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I mean, like someone's like, now I can use all my old rigid lights on my Milwaukee battery. and That's that's a friend of me digging. That's oh, Terry nice. McCormick. He's a buddy okay. of mine digging. Nice. But yeah, he knows he knows how to push my buttons. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. So, the th- like, the reality is, like, in a perfect world, we'd all just buy the highest end, nicest stuff, most expensive stuff, and it'd be awesome. And there's some things that it's absolutely necessary, like the light itself. You don't want a pile of crap because I don't know how much you all. I mean, I know how much you know, Chris, but <laughs> all these other people watching. There's circuit boards and all kinds of computery crap going on with LEDs, right? It's not just, it's not like an incandescent bulb or something like that. That's just like this two wires, short light comes on, whatever. There's all kinds of stuff. And if you have a cheap, crappy one, there's a good chance that's going to burn out at some point. Um, you know, some resistor, some little MOSFET's going to burn out and, and it's going to be an issue. So buying a good light with a mount and honestly, <laughs> my biggest complaint about any light uh, is if, if all of the ones I've tried, whether they're bike lights, helmet lights, all that stuff, the thing that drives me the craziest is if the mount sucks. I freaking hate it. Like, I don't care how bright that stupid thing is. If I can't grab it and aim it where I need it on my helmet, I don't even want it. Like, I don't want to deal with it. That's with Knight Rider, for instance. They gave me, I had this, I mean, it was like a scrillion lumen, whatever, you know, like stupid bright. And... Their mount was a neat idea, like how it, anyway, it was a cool idea how it mounted on the helmet, but I couldn't get it in the right damn plate. Like in it, I just, I was, I mean, it's a $700 setup by the time it was all said and done. And it's in a drawer somewhere. I don't know. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't use it. Like the light itself, I'm sure is very, very good, but the mount, I could, could not get the mount. And your guy's mount is not only is it safe, pops off with the whole magnetic thing, but it's super easy to just grab it and go and like aim it exactly where you need it. So, and if you've never ridden it, yeah, when it's fixed, you know, you know, you know, the higher speeds you're looking out the, you know, you're looking out the bottom of your goggles to get that light aimed and, and then lower speeds, you're looking out the top of your visor, you're, you're conscious. You're always conscious of how you're aiming that thing. Not as much left and right. That's kind of automatic, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. And it always frustrated me with the lights that I had, and that's why I designed it. I want to be able to just, our trademark, grab a name. So just grab that guy and tweak it for the higher speeds and just right. give it a little bump and now ride on. And it, it it starts to be, you know, in your subconscious. It just, it's aimed right and it starts working and you're enjoying the ride. You're not worrying about adjusting that thing. Well, or like you said, lifting your head up. Because I, <clears throat> that's the first thing I notice with, a light when I try one out, okay, let's put this thing on. If I have to move my head, I, I'm almost done. Like it's, it doesn't take long for me to yank the thing and just throw it away. I'm like, if I, if I know I can't like quickly adjust it, I don't want nothing to do with it. Like, (laughs) because I don't want to think about it. Like, and a good light with a good mount like yours, it's one of those deals. Like once you, you know, you get going, okay. You know, and like for me, it's, I mean, yeah, I've, I've raced in Mexico, but that doesn't happen that often. Usually it's on tighter single tracks. So I grab it, aim it, 
and then I'm done. I don't even think about it the rest of the night. Like, and that's how I know it's good is that yeah. I don't even, it's just like, Oh, I can see where I'm going. Uh, CC Wright asks, are, are the good lights still good in the cold temps? Lights, yes. Batteries, that's the difference. Yeah. Right? Like, the light yep. is always going to be good. Like, if you have a good it, it light. Likes it, yeah. Uh, the LEDs are going to be happier because they'll run cooler. You know, yeah. That's when they start degrading is when they get too hot. Um, so, yeah, agree. The batteries are the issue. Um, uh, Bryce had another question on the low-voltage cutout. So, it's just... The LEDs, you know, your your higher quality LEDs will run from nine to twenty volts. Some a little bit more, some a little bit late, like eighteen to twenty four is usually the high end cutoff. So you can get the twenty watt DeVolt, Dewalt batteries or Milwaukee's eighteens twenties, and it'll you don't have to reduce the voltage. No additional electronics. We want to put inline fuse, but there's battery management in there, so it's something I'm okay with selling the adapter because there's there's uh, safety management in that battery pack. So that's why I probably won't ever, you know, I've tried it. The RC car batteries, like you mentioned, dirt cheap, ton of power. Eh, you might be able to burn down your garage pretty easy if you're not, no, Oh yeah, you no, know you, yeah. No battery oh, yeah. Management. yeah. Unless you yeah. buy it separately. And to have that all in one nice little package, I'm looking over here to look at the, grab something, but, um, to have that in and it just works, plug it in, just shoe docks on. We have an inline fuse straight to our plug, our breakaway plugs. It's a no brainer. So yeah, yeah um, it's way people, easier. You know, keep pushing voltage up. Once they do that, then we'll have to kick it down with a buck converter. But for now, most of the, you know, 20 to uh, 20 to 12. Perfect. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah, there's, I mean, it's infinitely easier for people. Like cause my torch light, I have the anti-gravity jump pack that runs and it's yeah it's awesome just click the one thing actually the one thing that uh if i could bitch about that <laughs> is that uh because that anti-gravity like you plug it in you, you have to turn the battery pack on right yeah, i know it's the biggest i'm going through with the guy right now he's he might he might be watching and he's from he's from uh the uh I don't know if it's Sweden or Norway. He's somewhere and he bought one and he's so frustrated because he has to hit that button. He'll time out. It times like, out. And that is the only thing that's like kind of pisses me off. And it only, it only does it when I'm with a group of people, right? Like it's, <laughs> if I'm riding by myself at night, which I actually really enjoy doing and I do quite a bit, uh, I just go out for a ride. I, it's not a big deal, man. I, you know, I suit up, get everything ready, light on, go ride. You know, and then I'm done. I take it all. It's a no big deal. It's always with <laughs> a group of people and they stop because they want to stop and talk in the middle of the night. And I'm like, ah. and then I, you know, it times out, ah, whatever it, that, that is super frustrating, but it's only then it's, it's literally only in that situation. Like, so it's not like a deal breaker for me, but it is kind of annoying. It's annoying. For sure. I've, it's done it to me many a times. You have to get it out of your backpack or wherever it's stored and hit the yeah, button yeah. and put it back in. And you just want to go, you know, just hit the little light switch on your, on the back of our guy and go, I get it. We're, that's why I also like the, the, like the DeWalt, the Milwaukee batteries. Yeah. I look forward to launching this because it's always on. It's ready. Right. You know? That's awesome. That's, a, I think that's, I'll, I will, I will definitely get a hold of you and get that shoe. <laughs> Because that's the one thing I'm just like, God damn it. Because mine's always buried, you know, and then the vest comes back off. And then I've actually had it been like, okay, ready? And I get it ready, and I put it on my back. And then 
these morons friends of mine that are riding, riding with keep yapping. And before we take off, it's dead again. I'm like, damn it, you. <laughs> and I'm not. Keep it on, blind them until they stop talking. <laughs> it's like, I'm never <laughs> mad at. Here's the thing I like about our adjustment. When you get up to your group of guys, just flip it down. Yeah. Yeah. And they can that... talk to them because every time I roll up, oh, I'm blinding dude. it. Because, yeah. You know. Yeah. There's a lot of etiquette that we, we should do a whole video on night riding etiquette. And it's going to start with don't stare at your friends with your helmet. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we all know who's there. Thing. We don't need to look it's at worse you. This light here that I have right behind me on yeah. my. Yeah. Yeah. It's worse than that. Much worse. Well, it's horrible because you can't. It's already dark, right? And you can't. You need your night. You need your eyes. And then some. Your, again, moron friend comes up and is like, hey, man, how's it going? I'm like, God, what are you. You don't need to look at me to talk to me, dude. Like, <laughs> can't see a thing now. And so, yeah, anyway. <laughs> we'll start with that. And then the other one that I'm throwing in there is just shut up and ride. Like, just keep riding your motorcycle. And don't, like, it's nighttime. This is not for, like, sightseeing and talking about things and eating lunch. Ride your motorcycle. Like, we're, <laughs> we're doing something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I, I'm going to write a book on night, <laughs> night riding etiquette. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Um, uh, so qu let's talk about staters because I just had another guy who's been all over my YouTube channel telling me that my stater, my battery is not going to last. It's not going to charge. It's not right. It's not all this stuff, right? <sighs> and I, so I felt like, did you watch that video or listen yeah. to it at least? Did I do a decent job of testing that thing? Yes. I mean, you didn't even get five feet. You hit the start button again. You went five feet, hit the start button. I mean, that's where you're at. Like you were, like you said, you're trying to, uh, like simulate a extreme enduro event at night, which most people it's, it's no, it's now defunct race. The Red Bull override was the only one that, right. Or then also the prequal for, uh, um, the King of the motos when, yeah. uh, Jimmy Lewis was helping with that, that, that crazy, awesome, evil guy made made them qualify at night. Yeah. And that was when we first launched our kit. We had a ton on that starting line with the pros and everybody. So to circle back, no, most people don't extreme enduro in the dark, <laughs> which is when you would have a light on, fan on. Worst case scenario, you did try to simulate that. And that was, that was great. I mean, it took it further than I did with my simple load test at idle. And that's what people need to see. I've shared that video many times. I got to add it to my... Uh, playlist on my YouTube page, it it that that is the concern. You get in that position where all those things are on, putting a load on the battery, and that motor's not running long enough to catch up. And yeah, that was it. But you know, different on a two-stroke with that 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 starter, as you know, just barely a ta -ta -ta -ta, yep. and it's barely put. You know, it's putting a load on it. it. Is the biggest load. You said this in the in the video too. It is putting the biggest load on that battery that the bike can do. Um, so it was a great, it was a great test. It was a great test. Uh, four strokes is going to be a little different just because they're, they, they might crank a bit longer. That fuel pump, that fuel pressure might not be right there. So it takes another crank to get that pressure up. You know, yeah. it, it might be worse, but it was in that case of the four stroke, but not much. And that would be the test to do. I like that you're able to do it. The bike I had, I wasn't able to do that test. I sure. wish I would have. Yeah. I felt like it was, cause this guy, like, 
you know, someone mentioned, well, what about if the bike's off for a long time? Well, yeah, I mean, if the bike, if the bike's not running and the fan and light are on, well, I don't care what kind of stator any you light. got that. Any light, any stator, any battery, any bike. Yeah. Like you're if die. you're stopped and the bike's off and you keep the light on and the fan on, you're going to kill the battery. Right? You can't <laughs> help it, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And then this one guy, he keeps commenting, and it's driving me nuts. He's like, well, 13.2, 13.3 volts is not enough for that lithium ferrous. I'm like, dude, un if you unhook everything and just have that battery, whether, mm -hmm. you know, and mine is the new battery. That helped actually quite a bit. I have to say, quick plug for anti-gravity, AG801 battery. It spins that bike's motor much faster and gets it started much faster than the OEM one. Uh, and it, d it definitely drops less volts. Like, cause the OEM one, I dropped to like, uh, like nine volts when I hit the button, when I did my first test, like just t checking the bike out, I put meter on it, hit the button and it dropped to like nine volts as it was spinning. I'm like, Ooh, that's low. Uh, <laughs> like I hope that's enough for ignition. Um, it obviously worked. I put the anti-gravity in there and it only drops like 10 and a half at the worst and it fires that bike up so fast. And I'm like, dude, if you unhook everything, that thing charges at 13.2. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, he just keeps hammering on me about that it's not gonna charge, it's not gonna charge. I'm like, it's got 36 hours on the bike, it hadn't killed the battery. And it's every, the entire time it's read 13.2 at a max, so. Um, anyway, whatever. I'm just complaining because that guy's annoying, <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like it was a decent test and I'm glad you liked it too. Like I, real world is a good place, right? I mean, your, your yeah. meter is brilliant. I mean, and I don't have one of those. It's super cool. It's really good for, especially for testing lights and what they actually draw versus what they say they draw and all this stuff. But the reality is you got to go out there and freaking get the motor hot and beat on it and see yeah. what happens. <laughs> so... Um, quick, uh, first of all, your buddy, Terry, Terry McCormick. Hey, Chris, what made you decide to do the bomber bar switch? I love mine. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing there's a story behind that. Not much. It was just, it was another one of those, like, I don't see anybody doing this. All these cheap made plastic switches were driving me crazy. And we, I mean, we, in my opinion, we sold and still do the, you know, the best alternative to me is the sick ass switches. Um, there's other out there that are great too. Uh, Takamoto Takamoto has one that they've, you know, basically the same. I think it's the same manufacturer, but Taco does a few more steps to waterproofing and improving them. Um, but they're all, you know, they're all plastic housings. I wanted something, yeah. you know, bomber. <laughs> yeah. I want it tough. And you know, you see a lot of our products. We back it. You know, it's lifetime warranty on that switch. You will not see that on any switch anywhere sold. No. You know, run that no. thing for years, break it. I'll, I'll get you a new one. Yeah. We'll repair it or get you a new one. Yeah, they're repairable. Um, but, you know, most right now we're just swapping out, you know, but we, the, the only thing we've seen is people are uh, just tearing those little rubber caps. Someone loops it or so, you got to really do something to hit those rubber caps, but people yeah. are hitting them. I mean, oh, yeah. you, our yeah. customers are buying a tough, they want a tough switch. They're going to beat up their bikes. They want our switch. And they've, I've been putting it through the tests, like it, the extreme enduro guys, like the Sherco team and 
Sherco's really lacking for, and I don't have the fitment done yet. <laughs> I've had prototypes out there for the Sherco's and uh, there's some Arizona boys down there and they've been beating the hell out of my prototypes and to the point I'm like, okay, I got one now. And you know, the, the, you know, our little deal every once in a while we have to replace a rubber boot for someone, but no one's done anything beyond that, you know, a little mark or lose a rubber boot. That's it. Yeah. And I, I'm waiting to put mine on until I get your, that little connection from you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's a, I know. Long we don't story. Need to, We're not, getting yeah, this video, we're not going but, into that. Yeah. I get it. But, um, because honestly on the new bikes, that multi-switch is, if you're not in a hurry, it's no big deal. Like the start button's <laughs> fine and the kill buttons, who cares about the kill button anyway, whatever. I'll just, I'll just dump the clutch to kill the bike if I have to. But like the start button is hidden <laughs> on there and hard to get to. And if you're like, uh, like, well, a dead engine start, hopefully you got your hand over it, I guess, but whatever, uh, it's kind of hard to find. Uh, but then if you're like in the Rocky gnarly stuff and you kill it and you need to hit that stupid button again, kind of hard to find. So I'm excited to get that on there when, you know, I just want to, I'm, I'm a prima donna. I want to plug it in and have it be pretty. Um, but, yeah. uh, uh <laughs> but, um, cause it isn't broken. Like if I break the other one, we'll just go ahead and swap it out and I'll wire it in. But, uh. Um, but the, um, yeah, having that button be easy to get to is huge because I mean, on the old bikes, like my old bike, you know, you know, it's two separate buttons and it's nice. Cause you know, you just stab at the thing and it starts where, you know, left or right, whatever you have it on. It's easy. Um, let's see, based on lithium knowledge, I understand the charge better to less than, uh, well, we're just talking about battery life. Someone asked is it, lithiums do they have to have 14 volts dc in good shape one more volt than agms what do you not you all know of them more? that some of them have pretty narrow uh window for allowing a charge in actually the 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 oem ktm husqvarna and gas gas batteries when those first came out they had a very narrow window i think it was like anything over t 13 don't quote me on this but on the high side of 13 like 14 it shut down and wouldn't take a charge Okay. Um, and I don't know exactly where that limits at. I think they widen it a bit, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that 14 to maintain. I, I haven't heard that one before. Well, and that's what this guy online just keeps like hammering down my throat. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, I don't always agree with KTM engineers, <laughs> but, but I can't make like the volts that that thing, you know, whatever wattage that thing's putting out the stators is, is what it is, right? Like there's no options any right now, whatever. And the regulator I'm guessing is dialed in for that too. Um, you know, it's probably tuned to the stator to keep it at a certain voltage. You know, it's a regulator rectifier. It's regulating voltage and rectifying it into DC. That's what they have it at. Like it will not go over 13.3, no matter what I have on or off or not on that bike. So anyway, I'm gonna stop talking about that guy because he makes me mad. But um, the, <laughs> uh, uh, Bruce asked, do you make stuff to fit beta two strokes? Do you have beta stuff? You have beta stuff, don't yeah. you? Yeah. We have the bomber bar switches. We have LED kits for the beta two strokes. Um, yeah, those are two things. We have switches and lights. Yes, we do. Cool. There you go, Bruce. Highly recommend one, one it. Not yeah. the X trainer. Oh, no, he doesn't have an um, X trainer. So yeah, he's all good. Okay. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, and by the way, guys, 
please ask Chris questions. We're going to keep going here for another like 13 to 15 minutes. If you're okay with it. you down for seven o'clock, Chris. Okay, cool. Um, so first of all, have you ever considered getting into the stator rewinding business? No. <laughs> Confidently say I never will. Okay, um, nice. So yeah, we rely on guys like Ricky Stater, Cheltec, get some staters made. Uh, um, Baja Designs rewinds. There's, I heard of a guy in the Western Slope near us that does that. Yeah, I don't find him. Well, it's uh, Pat at um, Western it's Slope Alternator. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, and he but he doesn't. You say he doesn't do it like for a no. living. He doesn't. Well, he does alternator stuff for a living, but he doesn't do bike stuff for a living. He's okay. He's a guy that, you know, if, I don't know. What I need to do is buy another OEM stator and give it to him because he's a friend. He'll probably do mine for me if I ask him real nice uh, <laughs> and get one. Um, but what he will do is give me whatever spec he needs, like he ends up with. Like he'll tell me how many windings and all that stuff that I could then like disseminate. Because he's not, if, if 15 well, dudes sent him staters, he'd tell them to pound sand. <laughs> yeah. So, my communication is a Ricky Stater, and we had that bike I had in. Uh, um, it was Greg Huffers, and he goes, yes, yeah, send it in. Let them be the first. You know, I'll be the guinea pig. Send my Stater in because he's not riding for a couple more months or a month. And um, I reached out to him. I said, no, <laughs> they're going to have to get a bike and get their own Stater because they won't take one in because they're worried if they mess it up. Now that bike's not rideable until a Stater is available, and that could be a long time. So I get it. But they don't know. You, you, they, that's the analog part of this is until they get how many widenings they could fit on there, they don't know what wattage they could get out of these. And they did change it from the, you know, the you could get roughly 75 to 85 watts out of the XCF staters, SX, XCF, TC, you know, all those series mm -hmm. um, with a, a drop-in stator or rewind, but they can't physically fit any more windings in those with that small right. flywheel. And, you know, I get why KTM Husqvarna does that. It's that horsepower weight ratio, you know, um, you know, they, they do pull a surprising amount of horsepower from the bike when they're on full load, like several horsepower is crazy, especially yeah. that 195 watt and the EXEs. You're right. it's robbing power. So they put those tiny stators in there the revving and and you know to rev up faster less less centrifugal weight and then also just that load that's on it it's you know that that it's a small generator it's putting a load on the motor so get it um uh i would say you know to get one rewound if you know someone locally go for it bob designs is they do rewind staters they're pretty quick with them relatively yeah, yeah. fast with the rewinds um I don't think they've done this new stator yet. If someone knows in comments, I'd love to hear. I haven't heard anyone that's taken it to buy designs yet and got that stator rewound yet. I'm what? guessing it's going to be around 70 watts for what you can use above what the bike needs to run. So it might right. be like 100, 110 watt, my guess. Yeah. What do you know about, because I know that like in my experience with my stator and starter, uh, for my YZ that I got from Panthera, there was an issue with um, too much magnetism because it, well, they, they, were, they, were, they were generating a whole bunch of power, like 110 watts over, you know, like what it needed for ignition. It was a ton of power. It was awesome. 
but it was overheating the bike. It was, it, it was cooking the stator. Um, and so they came out with a, a less magnet flywheel that then made less power. I, I, I don't know what you know about that on engineering level and if, there, if you know if there's any way to increase magnetism because that would be a way to do it without making it bigger, right? Like physics, like extra windings. Um, does anyone do that? Do you know? Not that I know. Not that yeah. I've heard of. Yeah. I, I mean, just, I thought that would be an interesting market for motorcycles to do that. Yeah. If you can, yeah. they're probably chasing after bigger things like, you know, making a better Tesla motor or something like that. Yeah. I would yeah. imagine there's no market in our little, our little dirt bikes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, can a stator put out enough that you can make a regulator with higher final output, like a regulator's part, uh, holding back on output. Yeah. I mean, can't you, you can possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, regulator is exactly what it sounds like. It's regulating voltage. So you can, uh, in, in fact, uh, trail tech has regulators with dial dial of yep. voltage, right? You can turn the voltage yep. down. You can turn the voltage up. And obviously if your stator can't hit certain, you know, they, they limit together, right? I mean, it, if you turn up the voltage on the regulator, to a point past what the stator can produce then, but see, that's, that's another thing. And maybe you can explain this better than I can, but like stators, it, I'm guessing that stator probably without a regulator on it goes to 60, 80 Watts. It's just, or 60 or 80 volts. Just the wattage isn't behind it. Like, cause it'll throw big high spikes in, in voltage, but it's not pushing that hard with the wattage. Does that, does that make sense? Is that correctly said? ish ish yeah it is yeah if you've ever checked like a stator if you're troubleshooting i did this for a buddy last year and we were troubleshooting electrical system issue and i was checking uh it was a uh i think it was a 300 uh ktm 300 xcw and um this was uh carbureted so i had an ac stator and i checked the voltage just to make sure the stator was okay before the regulator and it's spun just with RPM. It spins up to like, I forget, it was 40, 50 volts pretty quick. Um, and that would completely fry most bikes. And if it's fuel injected, done. ECU's done, all that stuff. So it's protecting, it's capping that voltage, keeping it there. Saw Bryce in there, yeah, that keeping that 13.2. That is where KTM set their voltage regulator. Um, they allow it a little higher on the four strokes lately. I don't know what the 24s are going to be, but it makes sense because those batteries, those lithium batteries, again, have that narrow charging window. They're not going to allow a big charge in. It's a safety thing with that battery management system integrated into those batteries. And so KTM's upping their regulators and making probably a tighter window for that voltage just just to keep that stuff steady and happy and, you know, the electronics uh, last longer. Yeah. And as a, as a mechanic who's just, you know, worked on lots and lots of stators, and have them lots and lots of fry. We've, I always check stators, like if I got a weird ignition problem or charging problem, you know, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, before the regulator, you're gonna see high voltage, but it's AC voltage, right? Like, cause all stators are AC. The stator itself is AC, period. And then it just depends on whether it, it pumps that power to an AC regulator, like on the old KTM, carbureted KTM it has a separate AC circuit that powers lights via AC and there's a regulator for that 
or if it goes to a regulator rectifier, which turns it into DC and whatever. Anyway, so yeah, the stators always make way more volts than 13 or 14. I mean, it's like at a high RPM. I mean, I've seen them go into the hundreds on a street bike, you know, like 150 volts or something like that. And, uh, but it's regulated to 14 and a half or whatever on those. And obviously KTM has it at 13.2, 13.25, no matter what you do with the RPM. Uh, so yeah, um, let's see. Doesn't that ballast in the 300 sort of drain? Uh, are you talking about the, the capacitor? He might be talking about the capacitor that I don't, I don't know what you mean, Bruce. Um, let's see. Oh, a uh, quick note to everybody and you, Chris, I just, um, my, the reason the, th the new 300 isn't here in the background <laughs> is that I jacked it up <laughs> today, all in the name of YouTube. It's fine. But uh, I took the power valve off. It's crazy. It's a very, very different way of running the power valve than before. Because uh, uh, Bulletproof Design sent me a cool guy uh, aluminum cover for it that's nice and whatever. It was very nice of them. So I took the old one off and I was gonna just install the new one, but then I got curious. So I took the, the actuator off and then I unplugged it. That was the big mistake. I unplugged the actuator. Check that out, it's pretty cool. It's like a little motor. Anyways, pretty sweet little actuator. Uh, and then I looked inside the power valve cover. I'm like, huh, that's different looking. Well, let's take a look at that. <laughs> I like where your head's at. Yeah, so I took that I off. I would have done that. Oh, like, ah, oh, that's weird looking. And so it's it's a totally <laughs> different system. I'm like, that's crazy. Huh, interesting. So then, so, so then I'm like, well, I got to see how it works while it's running. So I put that side all back together, took the pipe off, took the other cover off. That's again, very different looking from the left side, the right side. I'm like, oh wow, that's cool. So, so then I, uh, I did the little dongle switch thing that resets it and so it's, it's cool. It's all, it's all in video, it's all up on YouTube already, but like, and it shows it moving and stuff. I'm like, okay, that's neat. So I, then I put the pipe back on it, ran it without the cover on it. It's a full on air leak, like it's crazy. I'm like, God, it's my brand new bike, bang, bang, whatever. So I'm revving it up, but it's cool. You can see it all working. I put it all back together, and now, and now my bike has the little flashy coat again because I unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> and I I reset the um, all the stuff, which it did correctly, but it, the flashy code has to go back and get cleared by the dealer. So it's back at Davis, getting cleared again. <laughs> I'll yeah, tell you what, was, you're gonna figure you're gonna figure that thing out one way or another, digging yeah. every nook and cranny. I'm gonna know I'm everything there is to ahead. know. <laughs> it's like, and now I know that uh, I did a little more research that would because like they, the reason they gave you the dongle to reset the the power valve, I was like, oh, that's because they want you to be able to do a top end in your shop, garage, whatever, without having to take it back to the dealer. You can reset it. Well, I guess you don't unplug it. Like don't don't unplug the actual because that's a bad situation. <laughs> but uh yeah, it was hilarious. Like I oh, I ruined my new comment. bike. Keith, Keith McQueen has a good comment. What did he say? Morgan stuck forks and outlets as yeah. a child. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I need to know how it works. The, like I 
I need to know. But now we know, and now I can pass along that information to everyone else. Uh, but yeah, whatever. It's, it's all good. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that thing. Anyway, whatever. Um, so Bryce, what? I agree. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you on a comment yeah. now. Yeah. Bryce. Yes, Bryce. I agree. It, yeah, that capacitor will take a charge and that's it. Once it's full, it's full. It's not going to be a drain on that. Um, and it's very, very little intake on that capacitor. Um, they're pretty efficient. I wish the industry would go to capacitors versus batteries at some point. Maybe they will, but whenever I see like some new tech YouTube channel, I'm going to watch it. If they mention capacitors, I'm watching because yeah. I think I really think that's going to be the future more. Yeah. Well, they're super cool. And I love the fact that the new bikes will run without a battery. Um, yep. I mean, that's awesome that it, uh, it works because I mean, yeah, that's, that's a huge deal that, uh, you can start those things. I, I do still wish it was a Kickstarter on it. It would be kind of nice or at least an option for one. So I don't have to bump start the thing, uh, when, cause eventually the battery's going to die somewhere in the middle of nowhere and yeah. which is fine. Cause I can start it and ride it out of there. Uh, but knowing my luck, it will be at the bottom of a sandy ravine, right? <laughs> A very sandy ravine, and I won't be able to bump start crap. <laughs> but uh, right. I, uh, uh, but yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I guess that's why you carry a little charge thing on these new bikes or whatever. Um, but I wish that I don't know why uh, you probably don't know, but why the W's don't come with that capacitor installed. Um, I, I wish they would. I hope they will in twenty four. But yeah, I don't know why they don't do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, that's why I carry, this ain't it, but yeah, carrying around these little guys just to save you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it totally worked. Um, we're getting towards the end of it here, Chris. What, first of all, how can people get a hold of you? Um, you know, uh, socials, all that. Give me, give, give us all the information so people can get a hold of you if they need to buy something. Yeah, at MotoMinded, hashtag MotoMinded, all one word. Uh, that's, Best way to find us, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. I'm trying to build up my, you know, I'm watching, admiring you, growing your followers and all your channels. I don't have time. I just, I can't imagine the time you have editing videos. Um, <laughs> and I just, I, I, yeah, I, I want to build up. I want to build up my YouTube channel more. Uh, we, we're doing it primarily right now with uh, instructions, which turned out to be a little bit promotions. But yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Instagram, our website, motominded.com. I mean, just type in motominded in any browser. We should come up pretty fast. Yeah. 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 It comes up super fast. Uh, it's nice on Facebook and all that stuff. Once you, once you go M O T O, if you stop there, a million things come up. As soon as you put the next M in, you guys seem to be the first <laughs> ones up. So <laughs> just get to the good. second M and you're good. <laughs> Um, and, uh, what are your, if let us in, if you can let us in on any new things coming, uh, beyond trying to reach a new, you know, a new bike, a jet bike or whatever, do you have any new products that you can like tease us with? Uh, we're coming out with our, I've been working on this for over a year, our new, our new manually adjustable dimmer. So there are Ooh. electronic ones out there. I stopped selling just cause they failed so much. Uh, we have right now our dimmer is a non-adjustable, just easy resistor. You know, it's it, uh, this new dimmer is going to be manually adjustable PWM. So it is going to actually draw less wattage when you're in the low beam mode. 
I'm excited about getting that guy out. Um, we have a, um, we're expanding our harnesses, our switch line, like I said before, we have some new harnesses that we're integrating our bomber bar switch as, so the bomber bar switch is gonna go on the other side of the bar, <laughs> which means we're gonna start doing lights, map switches, et cetera, horns, Ooh. all that stuff. We're working with our buddy, uh, Dan North at True North Motos uh, for a turn signal as well. Um, nice. So yeah, uh, those are the biggest, newest things we're launching out here soon. You'll see those cool. really soon. So you're gonna have a map switch for the new KTMs eventually? As soon as we could get that thing coupler, that cut that waterproof yeah. coupler for the new ones, yes. I mean, I am looking. I'm considering uh, uh, getting a mold done for these. I just hope. I'm I'm kind of waiting. I really hope. There's a rumor that KTM's going to put a part number on that coupler, and then we could all buy that thing, and I could buy out. As many, you know, I could buy them. Um, but they, you know, we said we weren't going to get into it, but they basically. Yeah. <laughs> the folks making the harness for KTM Husqvarna gas gas cornered the market. They bought the worldwide supply of that coupler. So right. we can't put our bomber bar switch can't work with that new waterproof switch. And I love that switch. It is waterproof JST switch. It's great. I can't get it. Nobody can get it. And, yeah. um, and I, they say the next time they're going to manufacture <clears throat> and do a run is, is November 23. So oh my whew, God. I hope we don't have to wait that long. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'll, I'll find something to do before then, but yeah, we'll, it's, it's a priority. A little one out wait. of wood. <laughs> yeah. Something. I, if, yeah, I'll even think about trying to 3d print one, you know, I, Oh yeah. I the, guess that the, would... the terminals, the, the pins, the little rubber gaskets, all easily available. The housing that KTM chose. Well, so I, I guess here's a, here's another question for you, uh, just based on that, um, since now we're just down in the weeds on this. But um, what about another? Because it's a four pin uh, housing, right? What about another four pin housing that's small and waterproof? Because there's got to be one, right? It can't be the only four pin housing. I mean, it's a nice one. Um, what about selling bottom bar switch? comes in it's all wire ready to go and then out the other side are the four wires that you just cut that switch off and solder i can't yeah i would love and i know a guy who's done it already who told us he goes i, I want mean, your switch on my new bike and he did it i can't sell a product like that i can't ask yeah my customers to be cutting and splicing and then we're going to have corrosion issues or who knows what yeah. or they flip some wires and now the bike won't stop and they're on right, the, yeah. you know, I, I can't risk that. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Cause I've, yeah. I've thought about, I, I was going to just cut them and I mean, you know, I do it all the time anyway. And I've got these, you know, bitching little heat shrink solder things. It's all waterproof and happy, but I get it. You can't like, I get it. <laughs> you can't let the public have that kind of power. <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely mean, you can. Should you? Yeah. yeah that's... Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Are oh, you going to be able to make money and keep the doors open and pay your employees? Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quick thing. Bruce Kennedy supply issues are a real deal on the Husqvarna's. Um, there are sending TXs with non-o-ring chains. They're putting brake tech. <laughs> oh I yeah, dude. Oh no, it's bad. Like, uh, they're putting brake tech parts on Huskies that were supposed to come with Brembo's. They're specced in the 
freaking you know PDF manual that you have to download. Um, thanks, but uh, it says it says Brimbo in the manual, and they're coming with Brake Tech gear. Uh, and then, yeah, I had a guy contact me, obviously, as you can imagine, I get lots of contacts from around the planet actually, because of all the videos on that bike. And this guy's like, Hey dude, look at my new TX. And he takes a chain and it's a freaking non O-ring crappy moto chain. Cause they're ran out. Like, it's like, they just ran out of chains, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I, you know, if I was waiting on a bike and they're like, Hey, you know, they would say, Hey, you okay with this subpar chain? Yeah, get me the bike. I'll sure. put a better chain on. You know, that's a wear item. Sure. Right. But yeah, it's a real but, problem. We know. But KTM it's, it's should not for a few years. Yeah. They they need to. I mean, because actually, what happened is that that guy, um, the dealer didn't even know, right? The dealership they just unboxed. They didn't look at it that close. You know, they just sort of PDI in the bike. It already tightened everything down. Okay, it's good. The guy here, here's your new bike. Thank you very much. Here's take. Thank you for all your money. <laughs> he goes home and he's like, "What the hell? Not ordering chain." And so then he starts looking through the specs. And it's supposed to come with a blah 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 DID. And he's like, "Ha!" Ah. So dealership, and this is I don't even know where this is. Some other state stand up dealership. He goes back in. And he's like, "Hey guys, I don't mean to be a jerk, and I'm really happy with my motorcycle, but this is wrong. Um, you know what's the story?" And they're like, "Ha!" Ah. They went grabbed a chain off the wall, you know, like a, that they had for sale, installed the X-ring chain on it, said, sorry, we'll deal with KTM on this. Um, so they were a great dealership. That's who you want to deal with, right? I mean, that's, that's the people you yeah. want to deal with. Uh, but they can't do that with Brake Tech and Brembo. Like, they're not going <laughs> to find a Brembo thing. I don't know that there's anything wrong with Brake Tech, but, um, but, you know, you pay a premium for Brembos, and you would expect to get Brembos. Uh, I mean, again, I'm with brake tech. What's on the gas gas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's fine from what I hear. I don't know. I mean, you know, I've heard, I've heard nothing, but that it's totally fine from everybody that I know that has one. Um, but you know, it doesn't say Brembo on it. And again, that's why gas gas is a thousand dollars less. Um, Mm -hmm. is it's components like that, right? It's the hydraulics or brake tech and this is that. And so whatever, I mean, again, if I, I'm like you, if, if they're like, I'm sitting there looking at the new motorcycle and it's like, well, you could either wait six months, <laughs> we could get the right parts or you can have it. I'm taking it. Like, I don't care. It's not that big a deal, but it is an interesting situation. Um, cool. Uh, Bryce Davis plug and plays where most people need to stay. I agree. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, which is why uh, I, you know, Dan North is doing a good job with his harnesses. They're yep. very plug and play. Yeah. Um, those things are nice. Um, I've been very happy with the one on my bike. It seems, you know, it looks OEM. I like that. You know, it's and it works good. It, uh, I, with you know, he sets them up with the OEM plugs, and I took you know your light and I because I have well, how many two s ones i need i still need to get one from you um for actually for my old bike we need to talk about anyway we'll talk about that later um but uh i just clipped all the things off of all of them and then put my own waterproof connector <laughs> so i can move things around because i put an s1 on the bottom of my uh, chainsaw mount so i'd have a light when i have a chainsaw mount on yeah i remember you did that. yeah yeah and so i just i just made all it's like a universal plug and play for everything. I can move every light to everything and just click, 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 click with a cheap 
waterproof connector, which works just fine. So, um, uh, I still want to know how to wire a motor-minded headlight to my 22 Beta 300RR running the race harness off the stator. It's an RX, so he's got the RX harness, which is that moto that one, if you don't know. So that's a carb bike still, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you don't, I mean, you could run the little S1 20 watts off that, direct off the battery, but it's it's just like the KTM stators. There was a split. It's very little DC going to the battery, just enough to refresh that battery after hitting the start button a few times. The majority of the output's going on the AC circuit. LEDs need AC, clean DC power to run. So if you're going that way, if you do that race harness all the way, well, he said race harness off the stator. So yeah, talking about Jim. That's Jim um, Nash. He's a good. He's a he's a pretty smart dude. So Jim, maybe uh, Chris, if you have time to stay here for a little longer, um, see if we can get a little more information on that because uh, his twenty two. Yeah. Beta 300RR would have plenty of juice on board to run a light, I would imagine, right? On the AC side, yeah, you could put the, rec the Baja Designs. We all include the Baja Designs rectifier that converts it. And yep. he has roughly 100 watts on the AC side. Yes, there's a flicker at low RPM, idle. But if you're moving on the trail, the light on the ground, that flicker goes away. You don't notice it. You stop and get off the bike and look at the light, you're going to see the flicker. But riding, yeah. you don't notice. So... It's a good, it's a good uh, fix for sure. And we, the kits we sell for betas run off the AC side with the exception right. of the fuel injected betas. Yeah. Yeah. So Jim, I'd love to know, cause that 300 RX is there. It's like the XC. Um, it's like a 300 SX from KT oh, or from oh, okay. beta. Right. So I don't know why he's got the harness off of that on his RR. Cause like I said, the RX is just a moto bike. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know why he's so, who knows. The gym. You sell kits for the RR, but not the RX. I'm not familiar with that model. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool bike. It's a, um, off the AC side, yes. And with the rectifier, it should work. Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, Jim, just just call Chris or call Moto Minded tomorrow and, uh, and order up the, unless you already have the headlight. Um, but if you have a headlight for a four-stroke, uh, depending on you know whatever you might need to buy that regular rectifier right like because yeah yep. you know and get that sorted out because um i had to do that with the the s1 i put on my uh chainsaw mount because mm -hmm. i had to buy the s1 because no one had you know whatever it's like you're sourcing all these things right <laughs> to get it to work but i had to get the regular rectifier and wire that in and, and get it all working so it would work but yeah just Jim, all you got to do is get get that regular rectifier, and it's super simple. And it's it, that uses a capacitor, right? Too. I mean, that's how that thing works. Right? It's a regular rectifier yeah, and capacitor. Capacitors in there. Yeah, it's not just one, but yeah, there's some minor electronics, bridge rectifiers, and capacitors. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. All right, guys, we are going to call it. Thank you, Chris, so much. Stay on the line here for a second after I hit the go button. Thank you, guys, so much for joining us. Uh, make sure you comment below. Uh, make sure you give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Also, subscribe to Motor Minded on YouTube. Um, you know, get him up there so he can be, Please. you know, YouTube famous <laughs> like us. Um, the <laughs> it's super fun to constantly edit videos. <laughs> actually, 
Actually, I have a good time. It's pretty fun, especially when you start giving Jeff Slavens a hard time and people get all fired up. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, guys, thank you so much. Hope to see you on the next one. We're going to keep these things at 6 o'clock at night and Thursdays through the winter. We'll go back to the mornings in the summer. I love you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for having me.